So hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. I'm your host, Lee Nichols. Now, we have a very special guest joining us today, Jeff DeWitt, who is the Applications Engineer from SwageLock. Now, we're going to get Jeff's expertise on several different aspects revolving around the topic of gas distribution systems. And so we have a lot to get to on today's episode. So I want to go ahead and welcome in our special guest. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. How about you? Yeah, so far so good. And and really, we want to thank you for giving us a couple minutes of your time. We, we know how busy you are, so we really want to thank you for, for being on today's episode. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Um, now, before we dive into the bulk of the conversation today, can you let the listeners know a little bit more about your company, SwageLock, and what you do for, uh, for the company? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd say that the best way to describe SwageLock is really that we're a global network of problem solvers that has everything to do with fluid handling systems. We've got a broad network of tools, experience, and knowledge, and an exceptional toolbox of products at our disposal. Our manufacturing operations are headquartered in Solon, Ohio, here in the USA, and we have over 200 global locations for distribution via our sales and service centers. Really, the way I like to describe it is that we're a global presence with very local representation that's likely already right in your backyard. We, we like to work as an extension of your team, meaning we, we provide customers with these full turnkey services, products and assemblies and fabrication capabilities. And, you know, my role within SwageLock is largely to support the rollout of these products and services that fit a range of these application spaces within the various markets that we serve. And in this case, gas distribution systems is one of them. Excellent. So now I want to dive down into, of course, what we're here today to talk about, and that's gas distribution systems. So mm -hmm. those that might not be familiar with, let's say, the inner workings of gas distribution systems in plants and facilities, can you provide just a brief overview on these assets? Yeah, sure can. You know, I'd say at its simplest, really, a gas distribution system is a network of tubes and pipes and a bunch of other special components that help to transport a pressurized gas from a source to the desired point of use. These gas distribution systems typically offer a range of functions. You have to be able to access the supply, meaning the bottle or the compressor, wherever the gas is coming from. Uh, they, they have to provide a very uninterrupted flow where the gas system is reducing uh, the pressure from a variable source to a very predictable controlled point of use. And last but certainly not at least, it has to be able to handle those temperatures and pressures and, and medias that it's expected to, to carry. We find gas distribution systems in lots of places and across a wide range of markets. Uh, think laboratories or research facilities, Heck, even gas companies have gas distribution systems, right? They, they farm the gas and then they got to be able to dispense it into the bottles and containers that they sell to us. Even general industrial applications and operations think like a, a shop floor with compressed air or a welding shielding gas, that, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, even medical facilities and hospitals have gas distribution. Excellent. Now, what are some of the big trends that you're seeing related to gas distribution? Uh, big trends. You know, I'd say there's probably one word that sums it up best, and the trend is all around opportunity. 
with lots of deployments and applications, we see a healthy dose of opportunity for our operators, owners, and customers. And, and these opportunities, they stem from these gas distribution systems, unfortunately, sometimes being like overlooked and or widely misunderstood. I'd say a few themes that we see in the in the vein of uh, these systems being overlooked. Um, sometimes the ownership of these gas systems are simply not routine, meaning the person that benefits from the system that uses the system is not the same party that is the custodian or the maintainer of that system. In other circumstances, the gas systems traverse multiple jurisdictions in a facility. So like clear ownership is 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 sometimes vague. Um, Sometimes these gas systems simply get deprioritized. There's this mindset of kind of like you set it and forget it, but the truth is, is that it's a it's an essential facility, um, like like other uh, production equipment, and, and and also sometimes these things get uh, constantly changed. So uh, you know the state of a gas system is is constantly moving, and it becomes difficult to to keep a pulse on it. And and what this really amounts to in this overlooked and misunderstood uh, context is that it, it creates these opportunities for customers in the way of places for safety improvements or, or cost saves or uh, improving their contingency measures and critical spares. And really what this all manifests to is opportunity for overall continuous improvement and risk management deployment for those customers and owners and operators where uh, you know, the the real goal here is to preserve their revenue stream and to preserve their reputation. Yeah, and so you mentioned two things here that I really want to touch on in my next two questions, and that was, of course, safety and cost savings. So first, I'd really like to focus on, I think, probably the most important thing when it comes to these different types of systems, and that's safety. Now, what kind of safety implications are there when you're working with gas systems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say that, um, you know, safety implications are to me like the consequences of, heaven forbid, a gas distribution system failure. And I'd say that those consequences range from very minor to serious in a hurry. Um, when you think about gas distribution systems, they very well could carry hazardous medias, things that are flammable or explosive or simply dangerous to humans and any sort of release at any level can be very serious and have major implication in a hurry. Even, you know, high pressure, high pressures and temperatures, uh, that's very serious. Shoot, I mean, we, we see even low pressure systems that uh, release or, or are rapidly pressurized and, and they rupture or fail, and that can have very lasting serious implications. Another facet that's sometimes overlooked is uh, if a pressure reducing element upstream in a gas distribution system were to go, it can have cascading negative effects to downstream equipment and or risk personnel in the vicinity. So yeah, quite, quite a few, uh, quite a large variety of implications around safety. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And then switching to my second question on this was, of course, cost savings. So you mentioned it in the in the answer before last. So can you talk a little bit more about the cost saving opportunities for gas distribution systems? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd say that I would categorize cost savings opportunities really into three buckets. The first one is really obvious. 
and that's around leak reductions. We know that gases that we carry in gas distribution systems cost money. So it's all about finding those leaks and remediating those leaks. And, and, that's, and that's something that many organizations can provide you that service. Um, truth be told though, there's even decisions that can be made early on during the design and implementation of a gas distribution system to help mitigate the probability for those leaks occurring, meaning like selecting a tube fitting as the nominal connection over like an NPT, a national pipe thread, uh, that's usually the preferred choice for uh, reducing that risk. Um, the second bucket of cost saves is really around getting the most out of the bottle. You see, gas companies, they charge folks like you and I by the bottle, typically not by the molecule. So that means it's our prerogative, it's our goal to squeeze as much out of that bottle as possible. So, um, Sometimes we, we as, as users, have critical operations where we may not be comfortable eking that last bit of gas out of the bottle because, let's face it, those gas companies, when they come and, and, and service us, they might not be the quickest to, to come in and, and, and bring us a new bottle. So we, we, we don't always deplete those bottles to the lowest level. And, and this is where we find plenty of opportunity for uh, automatic changeover systems and, and, and solutions of that nature. And the way that systems like this work is that uh, they take two source inlets. They take like a primary and a secondary bottle or supply. Uh, they routinely deplete the primary bottle. And in this case, we can deplete it all the way down until critical, until empty, where then the automatic transfer system switches over to the secondary bottle. While we're depleting the secondary bottle, and again, running it down to, to absolute empty, we can um, switch over, we can replace that primary, and we have ample time. Um, what's really cool is that Swagelock has a, a wide range of examples of case studies where we've helped customers install these changeover applications and have really helped them big in the way of reducing their annual gas spend. In some cases, we've seen a 20 or 30 percent reduction for the customers. Um, especially in their critical operations. And what's really neat is that when you, especially when you're dealing with high, uh, high consumer, very expensive gases, think like a helium or something where you pay well north of a dollar per standard cubic foot, um, we've seen return on investment where a customer will save comfortably a quarter of a million dollars a year on their gas spend and get a net present value of their investment well north of 1.5 million. So it's a really, really cool success story. Uh, another lever that we have at our dispose in the way of getting more out of the bottle is simply uh, what I call system design right sizing, which um, more specifically means making sure that we don't have too many regulators in the gas distribution system. You see, every time we have a regulator in our gas system, uh, each regulator requires a certain amount of pressure drop. And by adding too many regulators in our system, it raises the lower threshold at which we must change our bottle. So by minimizing that regulator count, we can actually deplete our bottle further and get as much as we can out of that uh, source. The uh, third bucket that we I describe that fits the cost savings opportunities in the way of gas distribution is, is around reducing scrap. Um, we had a really awesome success recently with a customer 
uh, and, and one of their nitrogen systems. You see this customer had a, a laser welding application where they were using or they required a very clean nitrogen media uh, for their welding shielding gas. And it was found that this shielding gas had an excess amount of oxygen in uh, in their shielding gas. And that was causing like a lot of uh, poor weld quality and, and a substantial amount of weld discoloration. Now, this higher concentration of oxygen sounds horrible, but the truth is it was like 35 parts per million, which was enough to cause them problems. So Swagelok was called in and what we were able to identify, advise on is, um, turns out the source gas was not an issue. The gas delivery system wasn't the issue, but it is actually the customer's equipment uh, where they had installed some hoses within their equipment that were allowing for excess permeation of oxygen um, where once we uh, were able to provide them with a stainless steel core hose in lieu of an organic hose, um, and then it was installed, the customer benefited from a near 20% uh, reduction in their scrap, uh, which, is, which is pretty remarkable. No, that's a, that's a great case study. Should, we should publish that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but one thing I did want to mention, though, is because you mentioned regulators, and that was kind of a great segue into my next question. So I, yeah, let's say you're looking at regulators. I mean, what criteria would a person use to choose the best regulator for a gas system or application? Yeah, Lee, that is probably the number one question we get around gas distribution systems. And the truth is, is that the best regulator for any application is always very specific to the bounds of the need. So said differently, we need to best appreciate the pressures, the medias, the temperatures, and the flows uh, that the customer requires of that, that piece of equipment uh, in order to best size it. And what's really um, unique is that in many cases, it's hard to put your finger on all of those details, especially around flows where you've got uh, you maybe have a good sense of like your steady state, your average flow, but it, it kind of there's some peaks and valleys to that. Um, so we work closely with our customers to to rationalize a reasonable estimate. And then from there, we leverage a very systematic approach when it comes to um, selecting a regulator. And the truth be told, we always prioritize function over fitment and form. So first question will always be, hey, are we t talking like a pressure reducing regulator or is that a back pressure regulator? Then from there, knowing like the inlet pressures, the outlet pressures and the flow rates, we can select the family of regulators and like cr critical features of size. Um, once we know that, the system compatibility for the media is verified. And then last but not least, we can size up like the the, the key fitment and form uh, stuff, which is routinely what most people go right to. So do I need functions like a captured vent? What's my end connection sizes and mounting that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. And then of course, to manage your safety risk, can the plant personnel then add more regulators? You know, Lee, I'd say that the answer is it's possible, but it's likely not probable. And what I mean by that is that um, it's kind of like adding another link to a chain. You're looking to bolster the strength of that chain, and you might be adding this really nice, shiny, strong link. But truth be told, you really not, might not be addressing the right symptoms, meaning the other links may be equally weak and you're not really solving the problem. Um, 
In, in fact, in many times, simply by adding another serially installed regulator, like I mentioned earlier, it may not be desired because it's going to necessitate more pressure drop across our gas system, which means that we end up leaving more in the bottle and it detracts from our overall um, objectives of getting the most out of our, out of our dollar. Um, in some rare occasions, it's appropriate to add um, more regulators in series, especially if we say only have a single regulator and we're looking to reduce a phenomenon referred to as supply pressure effect, which is um, which is an event that uh, occurs when the pressure drops at the inlet of our regulator, there is a proportional increase in the outlet pressure, and that's due to the uh, internal physics of the regulator. By adding a second regulator in series, it really helps to reduce that phenomena greatly. Um, and then honestly, there's sometimes an appropriate time when when a uh, parallel regulator may be may be required. Like I think of a, a nitrogen supply in a laboratory, you may have a, a high flow need as well as a low flow need. And like I've mentioned, there's really no one size fits all regulator. Um, it's highly dependent on this situation. And um, in order to meet the needs, uh, like the pressure control needs of that high and low pressure uh, range, we may just need two parallel regulators uh, that's at the dispose of the laboratory technician. Excellent. Well, Jeff, it's it's been a real pleasure talking to you about gas distribution systems. And before we jump off here, uh, can you let the listeners know just a little bit more about where they can go to find out more information, say about SwageLock uh, or how you know your company can help them, um, you know, with with whatever they're dealing with with their gas distribution system. So where where can listeners go out to go to find more after they leave this podcast? Yeah, thanks, Lee. And I, I'll say the pleasure is all mine. Thanks again for having me. I'd, I'd offer that really SwageLock can provide a wide range of solutions and 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 uh, answers to suit your gas distribution needs. You know, we've got these products and panels that are highly configurable and a really awesome limited lifetime warranty. So I'd, I'd recommend that everybody start by checking out SwageLock.com. That's spelled SwageLock, S-W-A-G-E-L-O-K. Um, what's really great about our website is that it'll help you to connect directly with those resources uh, that are more local, so our local sales and service centers. And those are the folks that can really help you leverage these global insights and perspective and industry awareness and help you to see these opportunities that are sometimes easily looked past. Excellent. Well, again, Jeff, really want to thank you for your time today um, and to discuss yeah, this important topic uh, on the Main Column podcast. So really, really want to thank you for that. Um, and of course, like always, we want to thank all of you for listening to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column.